0: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand. Now, how did this fly get in? Somebody got a fly
1: swatter? Yeah! Uh, it water. was a shot
2: of prairie Jesus is really what it was. It was. You'd think we, we'd be getting used to it, but it would, we never get used to it. we never get tired of good things happening. This life doesn't get old. No. It was a nice little distraction from the real world, and here we are today for a coffee session.
0: This is the Rod Peterson Show.
2: It is, and uh, happy Friday, everybody. T G I F A. FTF, Flame Tech Football Friday. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Uh, RP here, Darren the Moose DuPont over there, and John Frenzy on the sponsors' couch. You'll hey. be seeing him in the next segment as we get ready to talk some football here today. Um, please share the program, everybody, with all your Facebook friends. Hour one on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and hour two, we go to Game Plus Television. I've got very shortly, we're going to get to the Quick Six show topics, and they're not entirely about football. That'll be saved for after the warm-up here for the Four Seasons Sports Palace, a lot of it. But coming up on the program today, John Frenzy, as I mentioned, our NFL insider, Tori Gurley, because there is a lot to get to in the four-down league. And also, Jeff Reinbold, the special teams coordinator of the Hamilton Tiger Cats and an absolute CFL treasure, and a prince of a gentleman, Jeff Reinbold, will be with us in hour two. Are you ready to go, though, with the Quick six Show topics? Oh, yeah. Uh, ta-da! Hello! Thank you, Jordan. Nice. Thank you. Preach. Number one, NFC-AFC Championship game notes. Let's just dive right into the deep end dupes. Um, The early game, by the way, 2 p.m. Central, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. If you noticed, I'm wearing my Buccaneers gear. Any of the Packers fans that are around here, and there are many, I'm ready to fight you. I don't know if Tom's going to win this one or not. The Packers are favored by 3.5, which I would have thought would be more because it's in Green Bay. You're seeing the game notes and so forth? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just on, I'm on the Tom Brady bandwagon going to the Super Bowl. And the like I say, Packers, though, favored by 3.5. And then Patrick Mahomes took every snap of the offense on Thursday with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's got the green light to start. The question is, does he finish? Buffalo Bills riding into town, and I was on TSN 1290 Winnipeg this morning. Troy Westwood says, come on, Rod, you've been around. Do you not think those D linemen and linebackers for the Bills are being told, if you got a shot on Mahomes, take it. Well, of course they're thinking that. Do they need to be told that? I don't think they need to be told that. Yeah, I don't. So the question is not, does Patrick Mahomes start? The question is, does he finish Chiefs favored by three?
3: Yeah, if Patrick Mahomes finishes the game. I like the Chiefs. If they finish the game, they've struggled a little bit down the stretch, but I mean, look at him early in the game. He's, he's working on basically one ankle. He's not hundred percent. He's been rusty throughout, you know, the last probably half of the season. He hasn't looked Patrick Mahomes ish and he still, you know, was walking away with that football game until he went out with that injury. So if he stays healthy, I do think the Chiefs still win the football game. And on the other side, I mean, that game is so delicious. Tom versus Aaron. With the Packers favored, you know, it's amazing. I, I think the, like, the Packers will win the football game. But, I mean, if Tom gets up early... He could put them away like he did earlier in the year.
2: 38-10 to 10 was the score in Week 6 in Tampa Bay. And I don't know. That's the other thing. I, I hope the pressure doesn't get to Tampa because you've seen the talk already. They'll be the first team to appear in the Super Bowl in their own stadium. First ever. Yeah. And the CFL it's not a rarity. In the <laughs> NFL not only is it a rarity, it's never happened. Anyways, we welcome the football viewers today. Share with your Facebook friends, please. Go down to the bottom of your screen and click share if you're enjoying the football talk. You've waited all Whole week for this, so let's celebrate it. Point two is the poll question today for Capital Auto Mall, Universal Collision Center. Who will the Super Bowl teams be? And if you wouldn't mind flashing it up on the screen, guys, I don't have the tweet right in front of me. I tweeted it. There, Packers Bills, which would be an upset. Packers Chiefs, Buccaneers Bills, or Packers
3: Chiefs, if I got it all right there. I know it could be a little confusing, but what's the leader saying, Darren? It's dead even between Packers and Bills or Bucks and Chiefs. So no consensus <laughs> even on one team no. to get in. Well, that'll be a fun poll over the next uh, 24
2: hours. And before we w- wind up the warm-up, maybe we will talk about our come-on Canada best bets, or maybe we'll save it for hour two. I'm not sure. Point three, Thursday, NHL leftovers. How about those Winnipeg Jets? They had their way with the Ottawa Senators last night, 4-1. And what's impressed me the most about the Jets is that they've done everything that Paul Maurice has asked them to do. They had had some bad starts here so far. They weren't able to play with a lead because they'd never had a lead. Mm -hmm. Well, they got up early on the Ottawa Senators. They stepped on their throat. They crushed them. And the Winnipeg Jets are one of the top teams in Canada right now. And they are a contender, I would think, to win the division. Now, the Vancouver Canucks, your team got trounced last night. Yeah, by the Montreal Canadiens at I still want to call it GM place. I know uh, Rogers Arena, whatever the hell they're calling it in Vancouver. The Canucks lost again and they lost handily. So those were the games that I was watching. The L.A. Kings won in overtime over the Colorado Avalanche. So I believe it's just Chicago now that doesn't have a win. So the Kings
3: got off the snide. It wasn't as chutzpah of a night of hockey unless you're a Winnipeg Jets fan. Yeah, it really wasn't. really wasn't. It wasn't a huge attention getter. You know, I, I watched a little bit of the Boston Philly game, which got really exciting and that went into a shootout. Um, so that was a lot of fun. But, yeah. you know, it's it's the NHL season. You got to have some nights that are a little lower makes the other the nights a little bit better. Right. Brings them up. That, well, but tonight,
2: point four, there are eight NHL games and it includes an Oilers Leafs rematch. And I'm sorry, fool me once, fool me twice. I'm not breaking my ankle to get in front of the TV to watch that game.
3: No, you shouldn't. And now on the Toronto side, Joe Thornton with his rib injury, out for a month, Austin Matthews. Yeah. Austin Matthews won't play tonight. He's dealing with something. So it's, I don't know, maybe it makes for a better game because you start to take the foot off the defensive gas pedal a little bit and you can relax, but... Yeah, I wouldn't be rushing to the television tonight.
2: Uh, To our viewers, there are a few here. John Ohm in Winnipeg. Ohm, says the Rod Peterson Show. Got to catch the Ottawa at Jets Saturday night. Going to be a brawl, 9 p.m. local. I probably will be watching that. Man, that is late. That's past my bedtime. But on a Saturday, I'll make an exception. Ryan Kowalik says, wait a second. Dupes is no longer a Leafs fan and went to the Canucks. Can I handle that one? Yes. He's still a Leafs fan, but he picked Vancouver number one in Canada. So for that reason, he is pulling for the Vancouver Canucks. John Schmidt says, Roddy, if you want to watch an exciting team, watch the Habs. I agree. I like them. I watch them for two reasons. Carey Price and Brendan Gallagher. And that's it. You have got some great players, but those are the two that I watch. But right now, I'm, I'm, I'm cozying up to the Winnipeg Jets. They're a very exciting team. Uh, moving on. Point five. This is bigger news than I would have thought. There's no more time for Tim and Sid. Sid's moving on. Sid six zero from Tim and Sid. Producer Clark, who's a pretty big fan of that show, telling us in the morning meeting that it's five more weeks. Sid will be staying on with Tim and Sid. The question is, what does it become now? I would have thought immediately out of the gate, Tim and a rash. Because Arash has subbed in many times. I know he loves that role. But I also know Arash loves his frequent flyer miles and LAX. And you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So if, if I was running Sportsnet, I'm pretty sure they won't be asking for my opinion. But I would slide Arash in there or at least say, do you want to do this, Arash? Give him the. he would be my first call.
3: Beyond yeah. that, I'm not sure. He's very opinionated, right? Yeah. Is he? He has great takes. Um, so Arash slides right into that role. You got to be careful about trying to make it what it was, right? And it's going to be hard to pivot away from what it was, which is a great show, and try and do something different. So I don't know if it's going to work. I think it's tremendously exciting when you have opera. I think it's an opportunity. And I love this type of thing, you know, to rebrand and to kind of, you know, you're forced to do it. I would never make the decision because it's a good show. But now to, to see what they decide to go, what route they decide to go in, and what Tim does, it's a wonderful career challenge time for Tim and Sid. I don't know. It's going to
2: be interesting to see what they do. You think that it'll be an American Idol style pageantry rotating the voice type contest, which they'll probably do. When you think about it, I'll just say, Arash, we're going to hire you, but we're going to do this pageantry
3: thing, too, just for the promotion and pub out When Michael Strahan left the morning show with Kelly Rippa, he left to go do Good Morning America. That's what they did. So I think it'll be the same and they finally settled on I think Ryan Seacrest co-hosts that show now, but I also want to talk about point .6 uh,
2: NFL head coaches. This is interesting. Just some of the new hirings. You see the Eagles have hired Nick Sirianni. The uh, New York Jets hired Robert Sala. I hope I'm saying that right. People are telling me he's the first Muslim head coach ever in the NFL, and there's a pr- particular pronunciation about that. I'm not sure. Robert Sala. I hope I'm saying that right. The uh, L.A. Chargers have hiring Brandon Staley and the Detroit Lions hiring Dan Campbell, who, watch your kneecaps, you see the news conference with him? We're going to bite your kneecap off? Yeah, Like, I'm just sitting there watching the news conference with the Lions coach. Another one of these guys? I know. He doesn't seem like a brainiac to me.
3: All <laughs> you, you don't have I mean? to do is build good culture, right? <laughs> is that all it you is? You don't have to be able to solve the equation, but we'll see. There's, uh, there's,
2: um, there's talk that there's not enough black head coaches being hired in the National Football League, and there will always be. I mean, the latest uh, story I was reading this morning, there were only four or five. You can count them on one hand. And Ron Rivera is uh, of Mexican descent, right? So he's a minority, but yeah. he's not black. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of like, <sighs> I do come from the CFL where it's a second chance league. There was a time half the coaches were minorities. I'm not sure what it's at now. I haven't taken stock lately, but. Is not an issue? Because I can tell you what, if I'm hiring somebody, I'm hiring the best person for the job, and I don't care what color they are. I'm not negating a woman or a colored person. I'm hiring the best person.
3: But apparently that's lost. Yeah, a little bit because the PR points, right, that can be earned. It's a real careful position to be in. I don't think it's an issue right now. I really don't. But also... I'm not in that side. I'm not in the NFL, and um, I don't. It's it comes down to how many are you interviewing? Are they getting a fair shot, especially successful minorities? Well, I think they're doing okay. That's
2: that's the point. Is I would have hired uh, G. Roy Simon if I was the owner of the BC Lions to be the GM. It's not a black thing. He's ready, right? I know that, but that's not saying that they're not. It's their building, but I've I'm always been a person that doesn't see color at all. So when it comes to this argument and debate, I'm just, I'm out. I don't, I'm not a colored person, so I don't see it from their perspective. Right. Right? And and I'm not discriminating against somebody, a person of color either. So I'll just step aside and watch it all. Uh, They were talking about Tim and Sid, by the way. A lot of people have thoughts on that. That doesn't surprise me. People said, uh, the RP show needs Sid. Paul here. Our Paul seems oddly fascinated by this story. Yeah. You know, he goes, the money must have been amazing. Well, these guys are my friends. Uh, Tim and Sid, we're alum of The Score, and I'm friends with, as you've seen with all these broadcasters across the country, if you could step inside and see it, nobody sees what's really going on in this business, right? They turn on their television cl- or radio, and they think that what they're hearing and seeing is the way things are. And it's not what you see. Right, Lynch? Right. So why, why Sid left? I would say Sid saw the – this is just my guess. He saw the writing on the wall at Sportsnet, and it doesn't look good. And breakfast television, who owns them? Are they a Rogers Station? I don't even know. Good question. But he's looking at that going, you know what? This might be a little more stable. People are always going to have breakfast. They're always going to be having breakfast. Yeah. Right? He's <laughs> like, I've done the Tim and Sid thing for a while. I'm ready for a new challenge
3: because that does happen. Well, sometimes we get bored of things we b- were are doing for years and years and years. Well, and and maybe he's ready to open up his audience too and too. take that next step. New because, people, you know, we love it, but sports sports is still a niche audience, right? It's only a certain percentage of the population that are sports fans. So, you know, that breakfast television that encompasses everybody. And
2: Everybody has breakfast.
3: Everybody has breakfast. right?
2: I'm just saying every year when they talk about the Great Cup or the World Juniors or the Super Bowl, you see the rating: six million people watched the Great Cup last night, and I'm like, "That's not good. 30 million didn't. Yeah? <laughs> you know? That's absolutely So it. that's the thing. Uh, those are the quick six show topics. Let's jump into today's CFL report early. What do you say? I like it. Are we saying yet who the sponsor is? (laughs) We got a new one. Didn't take long. We're doing the daily CFL report, and we got a sponsor already. Breaking news today. The Canadian Football League's Combine is going virtual for 2021. Testing, football drills, and interviews conducted remotely through video will replace the traditional in-person gathering of young prospects and football personnel from the league's nine member clubs. These modifications announced today apply to all CFL Combines for Canadian and global prospects. CFL clubs will have the option of conducting live player interviews online, reviewing prospects' previous play on tape, and gathering and reviewing medical background and performance information remotely highlights of this new approach include all combine invitees will provide their medical history all combine invitees will fill out a personal questionnaire clubs would be responsible for setting up and conducting national player interviews the league will conduct and record video interviews with global participants with standard questions and distribute distribute to each club sorry other CFL news the BC Lions have signed Canadian wide receiver Sha- Shaq Johnson to a contract extension. The Brampton product had career highs in receptions and yards in 2019. The Hamilton Tiger Cats have signed eight of their nine 2020 draft picks, including first round selections Coulter Woodmanzie and Mason Bennett. Interestingly, the Ticats' seventh round pick kicker J.J. Molson is currently on the practice roster of the NFL's Green Bay Packers. Whoa. I didn't know that. Me Canadian either. kicker with the Packers. Could get a ring. The Calgary Peters have signed six of their 2020 draft picks. DB Michael Acebo, kicker, punter Kieran Burnham, linebacker Curtis Gray, receiver Tyson Middlemost, defensive lineman Andrew Sinat Spaulding, and offensive lineman John Zamora. We're almost out of time here. There's something else I want to get to. Uh, Robin Wildy writes in, he says, is the new sponsor an oil or gas company from Regina? You're half right. Can I say? No, I'm not not saying the name. It's an oil and gas company, but they're not from Regina. How about that? Boom! And the other thing is, the guys wrote in here earlier, it's not his real name, William May, but he said, can we talk about free agency, who's coming, who's going? With the CFL? Um, I'm not interested in that. Go talk about that with your buddies. Because I saw an interview with Wade Miller, the Bombers president, and unless I misread the quotes from CBC Radio Winnipeg, he basically said... They're expecting fans in the crowds in the CFL this year, and we're going to play with fans. That seemed like plan A, and it didn't seem to be any plan B or C. So I want to talk about where Charleston Hughes is going necessarily or where anybody's going to be re-signed or going until I know that this team's going, this league's going to be on the field in 2021. In 45 seconds or less, can you wrap that? Free agency isn't nearly as interesting to me as whether we're actually going to have a damn
3: league on the field this year. Well, and that's what I was hoping, that by the time we get to free agency, we'd have some sort of news uh, of whether we're going to play or not. So that free agency matters a little bit more. But until then, it doesn't really
2: change. It's it's not important to me. And I can't change how I feel. I'm sorry. (laughs) Lastly, Trenton, Norway. Norway calling. The CFL report is a needed feature. Any news is better than no news. Write that down. Green Bay, Kansas City is still my Super Bowl pick. I appreciate the way you made CFL news out of little in the pandemic. Great job. Have a good weekend, everyone. Well, we're going to be talking NFL and whatever else comes up with Tory Gurley next. This has been the warm-up for the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Come in and warm up at the Four Seasons. You're home for the NFL. You're watching on Game Plus TV, live daily on YouTube, and listen live at RodPeterson.com.
0: Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of The Rod Peterson Show.
2: Welcome back, everybody. And uh, speaking of legends, we got John Frenzy in the bunker, Tori Gurley on the way. But there's unfortunate breaking news today. Uh, Reports coming out that Hank Aaron has passed away at the age of 86. Hammerin' Hank was an American Major League Baseball League right fielder, played 21 seasons for the Milwaukee Atlanta Brewers in the National League, two seasons for the Brewers in the American League. Uh, He held the MLB record for career home runs for 33 years and still holds several MLB offensive records. He hit 24 or more home runs every year from 1955 through 1973. The Sporting News ranked Aaron 5th on its all-time top 100 greatest players. So Hank Aaron passing away this morning. I'll get John Frenzy's thoughts on him and more, but let's bring in Tori now. He's been waiting for a while, and uh, Tori, maybe, if you don't mind, do you have thoughts on Hammer and Hank? Were you a ball fan growing up out there in South Carolina?
4: I definitely was, and I still am. A, uh, I'm letter Atlanta Braves fan, so the passing of him uh, definitely hits home because, you know, I grew up, watching the Braves and obviously he's a Hall of Famer and a legend and um, you know my heart also goes out to my former boss uh, Ted Thompson you know he was the guy that gave me my opportunity in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers and um, you know general manager that passed away yesterday so you know condolences to both of those families
2: so uh, well said so to the uh, to the National Football League before we look ahead of the conference championships and your predictions you almost thought you almost had it last week. You know that, right? You were thinking, here it comes in the Cleveland, Kansas City game.
4: I was I was blown away, to be honest with you, that I thought um the Chiefs was going to be able to run away with the game. And when things turned for uh for bad for Kansas City when Patrick Mahomes went down, that's when I literally saw Uh, The team started to unravel and Cleveland gained confidence. And that's something you do not want to do with the inferior team. Like you want to go out and put your foot on their neck. And if you give them uh, any ounce of daylight or life, those guys can bite you in the butt. And if we go back and if you look at that clip of um, the receiver fumbling the ball out of the end zone, you know, if he holds on to that ball and they score, I don't think Kansas City can get downfield and score a touchdown and win the game with their backup quarterback, with Chad Henney. I just think it's impossible. So uh, that fumble in the end zone was the biggest play of the game.
2: For sure. It was the TSN turning point and the Browns fans all wanted the rule changed after the fact of the Canadian rules. Well, how be you don't fumble and then we don't have to worry about the rules. Anyways, John Frenzy has a list of questions in his pocket, Tory, By the way, both these guys' appearances brought to you by Wheaton Kia. What do you got, Frenzy?
1: Uh, Josh Phillips – Quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, I think. Josh he, Allen? Josh Allen, by the way. Um, a great quarterback. I think he's really doing great in his third year. Do you think he's got enough in him to overturn the Kansas City and Kansas City with the fact that Holmes has got the uh, bad thumb as well as the, uh, the concussion? I don't think you're going to see much of him for, for Hamilton. So I think it's for uh, Kansas City, I say. I think this is a great opportunity for the Buffalo Bills, don't you?
4: Yeah, Buffalo is a talented team, and Josh Allen has performed at a high level. And um, I'm gonna, obviously I'm going to sound like a hater saying this, but I, I got to roll with Patrick Mahomes in this spot. Uh, the, the, Pat can be out on one leg and, and still make plays. And this is what they do to you offensively. They they put so much stress on you. You have to worry about Sammy Watkins. You have to worry about Tyreek Hill. You have to worry about Travis Kelsey. Um, McCole Hartman. You have so many weapons around you that – it puts a strain on Buffalo's defense and I just don't think they have uh the pass rush to get after it. Um th- they played back in week 6 or week 7 and what Kansas City did is they ran the ball down their throat. So um it wouldn't shock me if they go back out with that game plan but if Buffalo decides to man up and and play uh, man coverage across the board then I just think it's going to be a bombs away for Patrick Mahomes and, and those receivers because you know, they put you in a very tough situation when it comes to defending, but it's been a great year for Buffalo. And, you know, those guys are, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch these teams play over the next few years. This won't be the last time we see Josh Allen and, uh, and the Buffalo Bills playing it and uh, playoff football.
2: Well, and on that point, I had one and Jeff in Winnipeg, Jeff Kabilis says Buffalo's D could make a difference. That Combined with my question of Patrick Mahomes health status, he took all the first team reps yesterday. Tori, as you know, it's not a question of whether he starts, but if he doesn't finish, like, will he finish? Can Chad Henney beat the Buffalo Bills if it comes down to that, do you think?
4: Hell no. <laughs> Chad Henney <laughs> couldn't even beat the Cleveland Browns, so I definitely can't beat the Buffalo Bills because, you know, you actually have weapons out there on a the perimeter, but uh, the thing with Patrick Mahomes is that he was choked out. There wasn't a concussion. You know, everybody tried to make it out to be a concussion, but it was just, the way he was tackled just cut off his windpipe, and he, he didn't have enough oxygen going to his brain, and, you know, that causes you to faint. It's the same thing what happens in uh, UFC or wrestling or whatever when someone has you on a chokehold. So um, the concussion thing has kind of been blown overboard. overboard. And um, I expect Pac to go out and play at a high level. Now, obviously, he does have a foot injury uh, with the big toe, but I'm willing to bet they're going to give him some great medicine before he goes out and compete, and that thing is (laughs) going to be numb for three hours.
2: Just one more. Can I ask you, please, as Bill's alum, I haven't been following very closely what's been going on there for the last 25 years. they got their quarterback now in Josh Allen, but other than that, coaching, GMing, who's responsible for the fact that they're a win away from the Super Bowl?
4: Uh, Sean McDermott, Brian Daybowl, offensive coordinator, Sean McDermott, head coach. Those guys really work hand-in-hand together when it comes to developing players. Um, offensively, Buffalo is um, is an offensive team, and that's kind of hard to to imagine because over the years, traditionally, they've always been a team where um, they made their money on defense. But now, when you do get the quarterback with Josh Allen and have his ability with Stephon Diggs and and other players you surround with them, it, it just shows how Day Bowl and, and Josh Allen um, really complete each other and and, and complement each other when it comes to. Uh, bringing the plays to life and those guys uh, lighting up the scoreboard. So I'm extremely excited for for those two because that's what you need when it comes to having a successful football team. But you got to have a great play caller, but you got to have a great playmaker. And that's what Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are for the Buffalo Bills.
1: Now, yeah, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills is terrific. I like the way he runs. And don't you think his running could be a big factor in the game?
4: It could be, but I think the biggest thing with them is going to be defensively. If you can't get, you can't go out and outshoot Kansas City. That That's not their game. You, No one in the NFL can uh, get in a match where you're scoring 30, 40, 50 points. You know, you got to be able to get stops. And if you can't get stops against those guys, um, they're just going to flood you with big plays. And when I look at the Buffalo Bills, they only get big plays from one guy, and that's Allen to Diggs. You know, I really can't sit here and name any other receivers that scare you um, when you watch them on tape. You know, you do have Cole Beasley in the slot, and you have some other guys. But I'm meaning uh, playmakers and, and game changers. It's just Stefan Diggs. So I, I'm willing to bet they're going to double him up and make the other guys beat him.
2: Okay, Tori, can you put your – love and affection for the Packers aside and objectively look at the NFC championship game between my Tampa Bay Buccaneers and your Green Bay Packers. We might have to bet a lunch on this one at a restaurant of your choice. What's your read on this game?
4: I hate to say this, but I'm leaning towards the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, If I look at talent, if I had to draft 10 players from both teams, um, obviously Aaron Rodgers and Devontae, um adams would be one and two but they from three to ten i'm going with all Bucks players you know from tom brady to mike evans to antonio brown and that's where i think uh, the bucks have the upper advantage they just have more talent now um green bay is playing at home but i, I truly don't think it's going to matter when people say it's going to be cold there because if someone told you you had to win one game to be in the super bowl you would go play in hell if you had to to go to make it to the super bowl so I think that right there is just um motivation for both guys and i just hope that they can protect aaron um i think the biggest matchup is going to be the defensive lines um tampa was able to get pressure on aaron and it made him uncomfortable and that's why uh, back in the middle of the year he performed the way he did and uh with their left tackle being out david batari um with him being hurt i can see uh jason pierre paul i can see uh big sue and and the linebackers for the Bucks having, you know, a good day with, with Aaron Rodgers with being able to get him off his spot. So, um, you know, I, I will lean towards Tampa Bay in this game.
2: Love it. Questions from the control room, just over my shoulder. They want to know a few things. Can the Eagles fix Carson Wentz? What do you see shaking down in the Philly quarterback situation next year?
4: No, um, I just got off the phone with Jalen Hurts not too long ago, and he's... Himself and, and I was telling him how proud I was of, of him for being thrown in that delicate spot where you know you have a quarterback that's getting paid a hundred million dollars, but you still go in and perform and earn the respect of your teammates. So I think um, this would be a great opportunity to to send Carson to another team and allow Jalen to take over and, and get the ball rolling for Philadelphia.
2: What are you now, Tory? 33? Yes, sir. Do you feel that old that you're a mentor to young guys now that happened very quickly in life didn't it
4: it is unreal you know it, it's <laughs> you know I, I my my body tells me that you know i can be out there running with them and then when i wake up in the morning and i hear it all the loud crunches and aches and pains like Kim just looks at me and she's like you're an old man i was like yeah I, <laughs> my brain is telling me i can do it but my body is just uh, man I, I probably i couldn't beat you guys in a race right now
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I'm proud of you uh, that you're helping, guys. Uh, Todd Pinkney, watching, by the way, says 100% agree, Torrey, with your Eagles commentary. <laughs> Frenzy says he's got another one
1: for uh, you. Carson Wentz, would he be a possible candidate to go as a quarterback to the to, uh, New England Patriots? Because Cam, we know Cam Newton's not coming back there.
4: It would be a great fit for him, but I think a better fit would be the Indianapolis Colts. You know, he gets to play with his former offensive coordinator and frank reich and i think that will help carson out tremendously plus he, you will have talent um he's been banged up a lot because his offensive line has been hurt in philly and in, in, in indianapolis they have one of the best o-lines in the league you know you have um perennial pro bowlers and and all pros on that line of scrimmage well on on the whole line so um that's all he needs and he's already familiar with the playbook and i think that'd be a great fit and you know guys like Drew Brees and and um, Phillip Rivers. You know we wish them well. They had great careers, but it's time for the young guys to take over and and, and lead us into a new era of football.
1: He's making thirty four million dollars a year, so they say. It. Really highly rated prospect coming out of North Dakota State, as you know. What do you think happened to
4: him? Just just didn't work this year. Yeah, it just didn't it didn't work. And obviously, when you get paid um that gives you confidence and it could be a good thing or a bad thing you know if you get paid 100 million dollars to do what you do and if you have uh, bad uh habits or or bad skill set it's gonna be amplified to a to a you know big degree so um those things that he needs to fix and work on and i i know he has the ability to play quarterback in, in the National football league he just has to get back to the basics uh polish them up and go out and show why you know he he at one once upon a time he was an mvp
2: candidate uh from the viewers from Wayne in Victoria BC I love Tory's analysis he knows his stuff from James Warnicky whom I believe is in Winnipeg says Tory how do you fix the jets and he's talking about the Gotham green <laughs> where do you start uh
4: jets just end <laughs> the season <laughs> that's what you do first and then um it, it, I feel for uh, Robert Saleh, obviously he's the new head coach, and it's going to take a lot of work. Um, if I were him, I would start putting the guys up on a trade block so I can have more draft capital and try to build my team that way is through draft. But uh, the, the only problem when you build a team through draft, it takes years to develop, and something about the Jets is they don't leave coaches around long enough to see guys make it to that second and third contract, so um, they, you know, only thing I can say is good luck. <laughs>
2: Yeah, as well, and on that, you're seeing Deshaun Watson being targeted by some teams. It would appear. Where do you think he's going to end up? And is there no chance that he stays in Houston? This is this is irreparable.
4: I think there's no chance he stays in Houston. Um, I don't know how they can make it up to him. Uh, they've dropped the ball so many times, and he does have a, a, a no trade clause in his contract. And I think. Um, I think they're going to find a way to get a loophole and get through that so he can get to a contender because something you don't want to do is waste your career on a team that's spiraling down. So, you know, I I wish nothing but the best for Deshaun and, and wherever, he, wherever he lands.
2: No kidding. Well, one week from now, Tori, we'll be talking about Super Bowl 55 and its combatants. One year from now, we'll all be on our way to Super Bowl to broadcast live. So, pack your bags, my friend. Say hey to Kimberly for me, and uh, enjoy the games on Sunday. Yes,
4: sir. Thanks for having me.
2: Alright, the great Tory Gurley. His appearance is brought to you by Wheaton Kia. Same story for John Frenzy. You can find them in North Regina at the corner of Albert and Avenhurst. Sports update on the way. Viewer takeover. You're watching the RP show here on Game Plus TV. Live daily on YouTube. And listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com.
0: Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod.
2: And John Frenzy. And uh, we've got a sports update. There is breaking news today. Baseball has lost its longtime home run king. Hank Aaron passed away on Thursday at the age of 86. The Atlanta Braves confirmed ending the remarkable life of one of the greatest players in the game's history. Nicknamed Hammer and Hank, Aaron broke Babe Ruth's home run record of 714 that had stood since his retirement in 1935. While he finished his career with 755 homers, Aaron is best known for reaching 715 in April of 1974 when he drilled an offering from Al Downing of the Dodgers into the left field bullpen. Aaron's record stood until 2007 when Barry Bonds hit number 756. (laughs) Tyler Toffoli continued to run amok against his former team, tallying two goals and a helper as the Montreal Canadiens dominated the Vancouver Canucks 7-3 at Rogers Arena Thursday night. Night. The three points added to the hat trick. To Foley scored a night earlier. Connor Hellebuck made 28 saves to help the Winnipeg Jets beat the Ottawa Senators 4-1 at Canadian Tire Center. Winnipeg opened the three-game series Tuesday night with a 4-3 overtime victory in Ottawa. Adrian Kempe's goal with 3.50 remaining was the winner as the Los Angeles Kings rallied from a two-goal deficit to beat the visiting Colorado Avalanche 4-2 for their first win of the season. Nathan McKinnon had a goal and an assist for Colorado. And Brandon Haggy is the early leader at the American Express in California after an 8 under 64 on the Nicholas course, staying one shot ahead of South Korea's Bion Hon Han in the opening tournament of the PGA Tour's West Coast Swing. David Hearn of Brantford, Ontario, and Nick Taylor of Abbotsford are the top Canadians after opening with 4 under 68s. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Open daily at 4 p.m. They can handle all your food and fun needs. But also open Fridays for lunch. Today's the day. Head on down to the heart of the Doodny Strip, Ballers Rec Room. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. It's a Flame Tech football Friday. Flame Tech is your industry leader in combustion services. I'm going to get to all of the viewer questions here in a moment. Larry Dye in Medicine Hat says the CFL has to play this year. I don't care if it's with all Canadian players, six teams, six games, whatever, they have to play. I agree. We got 20 minutes left here in hour one, and we can spend all of them on that if you wish. John Frenzy was quite excited, and I think you still are. Your mind's been racing when you found out that Charleston Hughes is in the building. We're not bringing him on the air here. He's got other things that he's doing here, but you're just dying to find out what he's gonna do. I'm. It's a little bit up in the air. I I I, I was of the mind that the CFL by hooker by crook by. Hell or high water will play this season with or without fans. And I just—I was a little deflated when I read on 3downnation.com the comments from Bomber Pez, President Wade Miller saying, We expect to play with fans. It just sounded to me like if there weren't fans, they weren't going to play. That's the read I got off of it. So, Lynch, I haven't heard from you in a week. Where are you on all of this?
1: Well, I. Um, you know what I've been told, that they're going to play this year. We think they're going to play. They want to play. They know how important it is to play. If they don't play, it'll ruin the Canadian Football League. Two days not being in the uh, football spotlight over the year. I mean, one of the major conferences in football, period. It, along with the Big Ten and the Pac-10 in the States, college uh, teams, did not want to go into this season and play. But the t- the college teams, because of pressure of who they are, the, the conferences gave in and did pray. uh revised schedule of about six games. Rough Riders, the and Rough Riders, they weren't active this year. And the whole league wasn't active. They did not play one game at all. So it's important. if They've got to play, like Larry Dice says. If it's eight games, ten games, if we start September 1st, the final game in the middle of December, Grey Cup and Christmas can come at the same time, eh?
2: Well, I think that we are... Um underestimating the challenges facing the cfl larry makes a tremendous point when he says with all canadian players you're saying if that's what it takes to play then let's do it but you have a little thing called the collective bargaining agreement you know that larry you're not a dumb guy you have a little thing called the players association they're not going to allow that to happen the import ratio you can't Do all those things. And the one thing Wade Miller said in that interview was there's lots of time. And what he was referring to was the vaccination rollout. And I'm just thinking, Wade, he's probably the president I respect the most in the Canadian Football League, okay? That's the truth. They're the reigning Grey Cup champions. They posted a $3.5 million profit. He knows what he's doing. But I sit there and read those quotes and say, do you really believe what's coming out of your mouth, Wade? Because we're almost at the end of January here right now. What do you mean there's lots of time? The border's not open. We know there's been hiccups with the vaccination rollout. That training camp's going to be here before you know it. So that's my point. It just seemed like plan A is playing with fans, and there's no plan B or C. That's what I got out of it. And if I misread it, if I'm completely off on the wrong road, somebody please tell me that. Well, right. you, you asked me in the car ride on the way up, John, what about fans? And I said, what I've been told by my health sources, which I trust, best case scenario, mid to late August, 20% will be allowed into the stadiums. Well, here in Saskatchewan, in the heartland of the CFL, that's 7,000 fans. I don't know how many bills you're paying with that. I'm sorry to go off on a monologue here, but I, and I also said to John, they wouldn't have gone through all this work to slash all these salaries for no reason because it hasn't been easy. It's created hard feelings. They wouldn't do that if there wasn't a reason.
1: Can you imagine them not playing this year? That park would be vacant for two years. That beautiful park. Five years here, three years they had activity in it, the other two they didn't. It's so nuts. You can't do it. It's just nuts to think that. They've got to have that place active. And I think what they're going to wind up doing, quite frankly, starting a schedule, a 10-game schedule on Labor Day. And it'll go into the first part of December. If it's cold, it's cold. We've played in cold before. And we've experienced Decembers and aren't that aren't that cold. So it won't be that big an issue. But they're very determined to go. I thought that was really made even better, a bigger announcement of it, and a truer fact that that was what they want to do. when they put the schedule out. Everybody was quite excited. The day when that schedule got out, they got it home, was sent by uh, computer. And... Uh, we're to start here June the 10th against the Montreal Alouettes. <laughs> and people have told me we're going to be there, so I hope so. It's, um... Well, I think we've covered a lot of this over the
2: last 10 months, but Wayne and Victoria says, how is the NHL playing with international players if the border is closed then? You because you can come in and work. You can get exceptions by the government. They're playing within their own divisions no Canadian teams are traveling into America. The American divisions are all playing amongst themselves, and you can come in to this country from anywhere as long as you self-isolate for 14 days. You know all of these things, Wayne. Jack in Alberta says, Rod, I agree 150% with your concerns regarding the CFL in 2021. Uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan says, uh, but are 6, 8, or 10 games viable? He also says, true, Rod, it's almost February, June isn't that far off at all. And he goes on to say, how about a Christmas Day Grey Cup? (laughs) Well, all of a sudden, we're talking about things we were talking about when the pandemic started. So I will say it one more time. Is the CFL business model such that you absolutely have to have fans in order to play? Because I can't believe that you can't find a way... And what it's shaking down as recently as today from the reports that I've read is that if we can't have fans, it seems like we're not playing. Well, and as you've said, Lynch, in that case, we're dead. We're going to take a break and come back. I do have text messages I got to get to on the Prairie Mobile text line. We got the business of the day. Sorry, the business of the week coming up for my 411. It's a flame tech football Friday, and we're covering a lot of ground today. You're watching on Game Plus TV. Daily, live on YouTube, and listen live for Sud's full service car wash at com.
0: Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson.
2: Welcome back, uh, everybody. It is the always popular viewer takeover segment. I want to remind you that next hour we'll be joined by Jeff Reinbold, the special teams coordinator of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. To the Prairie Mobile Text Line, we got a ton here. Joel and Muschaw writes in. He says, "You guys really glossed over the overreaction and inaccurate reporting of the Brantley signing. Whatever happened, corroborated news." Thanks for the piece on Warren Woods. Straight Beauty appreciated the interview with Braden Muscogi as well. That's from Joel Jordison and Muschaw. Glossed over the fact that Hazel May completely whiffed on the report of Michael Brantley. What do you want us to say? Everybody knows it. We know that she got it wrong. These things happen. I'm going to actually write about it in my column on Saturday. Sometimes we swing and a miss. Hazel did. We all know it. We glossed over it. What are we supposed to do? We're not like everybody else in society that likes to point out everybody else's mistakes and gloat over it. It's not what we do here. Uh, From Jim Wagner, morning all. Roddy, you are dead on with the CFL. Come Come on already. Let the fans know the plan. Enjoy the weekend. That's from Jim. We've got a few uh, comments that I asked Clark to put up on the screen. One from Leo Esrins. You know him well, Lynch. Yeah. CFL veteran and the executive director of the CFL alumni. He says, Rod, the CFL is positioned to play. They are controlling what they can. No one can predict what will happen with COVID-19. How can the CFL or anyone predict what is going to happen? Oh, maybe we should bring Leo on to debate that. Yeah. Okay. On, Leo and I are coming at it from the same angle, and I understand the curiosity killed the cat, but I think so. they, they don't owe us an explanation of how they're going to play, even though I would consider us as season ticket holders stakeholders. I guess my point is, if you go and read the article, which is at 3 com right now, the sense I got was from Wade Miller saying... if almost sounds like if they don't have fans in the stands, they're not going to play. I want to see concrete evidence of plan B of how they're going to play without fans. Because my news sources say, forget about full stadiums. And Wade was alluding to that in the interview. They're saying the doctor, the top doctors in Manitoba are saying, Wade's out to lunch. Okay. So I'm not a lone voice in the wilderness here. If the CFL's positioned to play, I'd like to know how when you're not going to have crowds. That's the bottom line. Well,
1: they think they're going
2: to play. They're determined. (laughs) Am I beating my head against them? Is this thing on? Yeah, I know. They're determined to play. I want to know how because you're not going to have fans. Pretty simple to me. What do you want? 7,000 fans? 10? 15? Mandy in Edmonton says the conversation we had a few months ago of who could be the CFL celeb representative. How about Kim Coates? From Jack Fulton CFL as a league needs to swallow their pride and find solid financial partners in order to be successful for the long haul. Am I wrong, Rod? Frenzy? No,
1: you're 100% right.
2: You're you're 100% right. That's what I don't understand.
1: We think they have something going, we sure hope they have. I guess we're talking ourselves into believing they did something useful when they had the big meeting in Toronto in uh, November after the season was over. I thought they are getting closer and things got better. And I was really enthused when that schedule was put out. I thought, hey, this hasn't happened forever. That's great. Wonderful. I think that's great. They're serious about it. We're going to have football this year. Now, having a real quiet spell there, makes you wonder what's going on. Leo says,
2: get weighed on. Well, Wade knows where to find us. He's got an open invitation, Leo. How about that? From Craig Smith, our director of scouting. Selfishly, I am praying the league gets going. Going to be tough. Getting closer to wanting to get back working again. Rest in peace, Woodsy. Uh, I'm, there's, there's nothing selfish about wanting the CFL to play. That's all. Jeff in Winnipeg says, that's the problem. What's the plan, CFL? Hello? I don't know. I feel like that little voice screaming in me to get out. The NHL has found a way to subsidize player salaries by selling additional advertising, divisional names, helmet stickers. My God, they're trying to cover a salary uh, cap of $80 million per team. The CFL's six. It shouldn't be
1: that hard in my mind. But so the CFL doesn't appear to have a real sharp, really red-hot guy as a marketer. Like the guy on the screen here right
2: now, Ellen Hordell, eh? <laughs> Wouldn't he be great? Al Hordell says, Let's not be stupid without fans. No CFL. Cannot afford to lose millions. Love Frenzy. Rest in peace, Woodsy. What are you saying? If they don't have fans, the league dies? Is that what we're saying? Well, that sucks. Jeff Reinbold next hour. More with Frenzy. Stick around, everybody. Join us on Game Plus or stick around and keep us here on your favorite digital platform.
0: While there's smoke, there's fire. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com